What's good, what's good everybody, it's your boy B-L-A-K-K-A Sitting here in Lynchburg City on a nice Saturday crisp afternoon I love this time of year guys, I swear this is my kind of weather right here Not too hot, not too cold, just right And that's what I love about it man, I swear uh, I'm still without a car for those who are uh, don't know i have my car in the shop it's been in there since tuesday so hopefully between monday and tuesday of next week i can get back to banging my music and driving erratically nah just fucking with y'all i'm a safe driver (laughs) but man so check it out man this uh whole situation with cardi b and offset man so i'm quite sure you guys have already heard you know what i'm saying the marriage is on rocks uh cardi has already filed the divorce papers uh there is a rumor that offset uh is fathering another child i'm not sure how accurate that is uh uh sources from cardi b side says that the rumors are inaccurate they are false but nevertheless man this this type of shit doesn't surprise me i mean you know, first and foremost, what I try and get people to understand is that uh, Offset, you know what I'm saying, he's part of a trio group called Amigos. Now, when it comes to a group, it's normally the fans who dictate who's the hottest rapper in the group. And just going off of the fans, apparently Quavo is the hottest cat in the group. You know what I'm saying? So Offset has to take a backseat to some degree. To his, to his, to the guys in the clique in his Migos group. And then you marry a, a, a woman who is in the same profession as you. And when you guys are on the red carpet, the paparazzis and the camera flashing gets more on Cardi B and the questions are more directed to Cardi B as opposed to Offset and Cardi B. So Offset seems like he's playing second to the guys and amigos and then he when he's with cardi in public he got to play second to her now i'm not condoning you know his outside marriage uh activities and things of that nature i'm not condoning that but what i am saying is that sometimes when a person feel like and i'm not saying all set feels like that because i haven't spoken with him i don't know him i would love to interview him honestly but uh I'm going to go out on a limb and say, you know what I'm saying? Dude got tired of being second fiddle to everybody. You know what I mean? So now his name is ringing, but it's ringing for the wrong uh, things. But shit like this, you know, he make another album with this type of shit hanging over his head. Chances are he'll go platinum. You know what I mean? But yo. The worst coronavirus, the worst coronavirus outbreaks are happening in these 15 cities. Now, the number of new coronavirus cases is rising rapidly in college towns across the country. Some schools that have recently been hit hard with COVID-19 outbreak includes the University of Illinois and Florida State University. To date, the U.S. has seen nearly 200,000 coronavirus related deaths since the pandemic began. When states across the country ended their respective uh, lockdowns and started to reopening back in June, it wasn't long before we started seeing a, a huge spike in new coronavirus cases. 
whereas the numbers of new coronavirus cases in April and May fell in the 20,000 to 30,000 range. Then the numbers of new COVID-19 infections throughout most of July fell between 55,000 and 70,000. Dr. Anthony Fauci at the time said that the rate of coronavirus infections was unacceptable. Fauci further uh, cautioned that the U.S. was poised to find itself in really bad situation if the numbers of the new COVID-19 infections didn't stop, didn't drop below 10,000 by fall. And that's real talk, man. You know what I'm saying? And, and like I've been hearing this shit, you know, it's been crazy in the sense of uh, how the younger people is getting it and how rapidly it is spreading, man. That that's that's scary. And so here are uh, some of the cities that I was speaking about, man. Huntsville, Texas has eighty eight point seven new cases per one hundred thousand people. Farmington, Missouri, sixty seven point three new cases per one hundred thousand. Pine Bluff, Arkansas, Pullman, Washington, Oxford, Mississippi, Tallahassee, Florida, Bismarck, North Dakota, Athens, Georgia, Harrisonburg, Virginia, La Crosse, Wisconsin, Stillwater, Oklahoma, Columbia, Missouri, Rio Grande City, Texas, Champaign, Illinois, and Warrensburg, Missouri. All of these are, are all of these places that I called out have seen spikes anywhere between uh, 47% and 88% of new cases per 100,000 people. That's a lot, man. That's a lot. And 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 the parties of the United States, he's more he's more concerned about which states are blue and which ones are red in the sense of covid spikes. And he's too it, he's too incompetent to realize that no matter what state lights up as blue, no matter what state lights up as red, they're going to have both colors in that state. So it's not about the colors of the state, man. We're all it, it the COVID-19 has no it it, it 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 just it attacks anybody. It doesn't matter what age group you are, what race you are, what state you live in, what city you live in. It doesn't matter who you voted for. It doesn't matter who you didn't vote for. It doesn't matter about any of that shit. It's just like a narcotic drug. A narcotic drug doesn't matter what color you are. Doesn't matter where you live. Doesn't matter who you vote for. It's going to take your ass no matter how much money you have or how much money you don't have. And to have the president of the United States, you know what I'm saying, you know, continuing to divide the country in the sense of, oh, where the cases are high here in the blue states as opposed to red states. And basically all that is, all that is, is that he uh, don't like wearing a mask. All right. And so a lot of his followers don't wear the mask. You know what I'm saying? So those numbers and the, the state colors and all that shit, man, I'm quite sure that shit is just as false as as, as, as a pair of teeth in an 80 some year old person's mouth. You know what I mean? So I don't buy that shit with Bill Gates's money, man. And it, it's just fucked up right now where we are, where we are for, uh, you know, as far as the COVID-19, man, and shit like that. And, and, and it just gets even crazier because you got 300 students quarantining after COVID found in sewage at a New, at a New Jersey college on dorm. Now, the New Jersey Institute of Technology, uh, that's right in Newark, yo. I've, I've passed that college so many times uh, from downtown. My sister knows exactly where it is as well. 
And uh, the New Jersey Institute of Technology in Newark, New Jersey, placed 300 of its students into quarantine this week after sewage water testing found large amounts of COVID-19 in campus dormitories. Every student living in Cypress Hall went into quarantine Wednesday Wednesday evening after the sewage test results were released earlier that date. Uh, Chief Strategy Officer Matthew Golden told New Jersey Advanced Media, the quarantine students are permitted to leave campus, but the school suspended their access by car to facilities until they received a negative coronavirus test result, Golden said. Every state in the dorm was tested Thursday morning and results are expected by Monday at the latest, he said. So that's a crazy situation right there. Like I've been saying, man, you know, when it comes to the younger people, they just not going to be on that whole, you know what I'm saying, wearing a mask and staying six feet apart and all that shit, man. They've been, you know, sitting up in the house and all that shit. You know, young people... They want to go to the clubs. They want to go to the bars. They want to go to the beaches. They want to be seen. They want to be in, you know, surrounded by all of their friends and all of that kind of crazy shit, man. And then two, three weeks later, spikes in coronavirus. So me personally, I don't ever think this shit's going to end. Yeah, so so I don't I don't know when this shit's going to end. You know what I'm saying? But the one thing I do know is that. As long as we don't do our part, and it'll continue to be here. And that's just what it is. I'm sick of it. You guys are sick of it. The world is sick of it. But we can't just do what the president said and wish it away. It's not going to work like that. It doesn't work like that, yo. I swear. <laughs> so, man, they are. Uh, so, I've heard that the the Kardashians, uh, I think they're going to do what, like one more season or something like that. And as of 2021, there would be no more Kardashian show on E. And so what they have done now is uh, they've come up with a new family, the Terry Bradshaw bunch. You know what I mean? So Terry Bradshaw, for those who don't know who he is, he was a quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers in the 1970s. He won four Super Bowls. He's a Hall of Famer quarterback. You can catch him every Sunday on Fox NFL. Uh, he's a very funny guy. Uh, and I can't wait to see this show, man. Ter- Terry is the kind of guy that knows how to, uh, <laughs> knows how to, uh, you know, make people laugh and shit like that, man. So I really think, man, that, it's going to be, uh, I really think that it's going to be a real good show, man. Cause, cause, you know, uh, Terry Bradshaw is just one of those dudes, man. He knows how to keep, you know what I'm saying? He knows how to keep that, uh, that energy going and shit like that, man. So I'm, I'm, I'm super stoked in the sense of, uh, you know, and I don't know exactly when the, uh, first episode is going to come on, but I'll, you know, keep my eyes open for that. And I'll definitely let you guys know about that as well. Alright, so listen, 50 years after Jimi Hendrix's death, his shocking Star Spangled Banner resonates more than ever. Now, I don't, for those who don't know, like, Jimi Hendrix was like this rocker from back in the day and shit, man, late 60s, early 70s, and things of that nature. Uh, my, uh, my nephew, I have a nephew that's related to the Hendrix, you know what I'm saying, the Hendrix family and shit like that, man, so... He knows a lot about his uh, great uncle and shit like that, man. But uh, Jimmy, Jimmy was one of those dudes, man. I swear, from Marvin Gaye to Whitney Houston and Beyonce to Lady Gaga, many of music's most uh, indebtable uh, vocalists have lovingly taken on our national anthem, which is part partly why Jimi Hendrix, seething, uh, scorching, and uh, Caphonius' redemption from Woodstock '69 stands out. 
and why 50 years after his tragic death on September 18th, 1970, uh, it's still a, a, as hunting as ever. Now, that was probably the most significant redemption of the Star Spangled Banner ever and how it represented the spirit of the 1960s and where it was performed, the music festival most associated with that era, says uh, Takuma Robach, a journalist who's written about Hendrix for Smithsonian Magazine. The sound of his guitar, the event, what he represented at the time as a black man in America the year following the the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. It all seems so poetic. And that, like, if you guys haven't heard Jimi Hendrix play the national anthem with that guitar, you, you got to check it out, yo. Like, I mean, like I said, some of the great people like Whitney Houston's performance, Marvin Gaye performance uh, of the Star Singer Band are doing the uh, All-Star Game for the NBA back in the 80s. Whitney did it for the football, for the Super Bowl in the 90s. You know what I'm saying? And then Beyonce, Lady Gaga, and many more. You know what I mean? But it was just something about Jimi Hendrix with that fucking guitar, man, and the way he made that motherfucker scream. When he was doing the national anthem, yo, I was like, yo, I mean, the Star Spangled Banner, I'm sorry. And, uh, man, yeah, he, 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 yeah, man, that was one of the, uh, greatest guitar solo, solo acts I've ever seen in my life, man. I mean, and we have some great, uh, guitarists, man, from the likes of Santana, uh, Prince, and many more, dog. And, uh, you know, just to see that, you know, man, you guys have to go to uh, YouTube and you just got to look up Jimi Hendrix playing the fucking uh, Star Spangled Banner with that guitar, man. Hey, it's one of the most it, it, it just makes the hairs on your neck stand up. I swear <laughs> it does, man. So uh, let's see. here. Lady Gaga released the music video from her song 9-11 and it was a jaw dropping twist. You know what I mean? So Lady Gaga is always, she's always been one of those uh, superstars that always just pushed the envelope, whether it was something that she said or something that she wore. A lot of times it was always something that she wore. One of the things that stood out the most to me was that meat dress that she wore. I'm not sure if it was to the VMAs or the Grammys, but she wore that meat dress, man. And like, yo, that was one of the most talked about dresses. Uh, during that time, I swear. So Lady Gaga released a music video for a new single, uh, 9-11 on Friday, September 18th. And this classic Gaga, bizarre, abstract, uh, filled with head turning, uh, fashion and makeup looks and a surprise twist you won't see coming. Now the clip starts with Gaga lying down in the desert, seemingly alone. Her face is covered with some type of red cloth and a broken bicycle, uh, next to her. She then, uh, led by a man on a horse to a village where she weaves around a group of elaborate, elaborately uh, dressed people. One man is repeatedly banging his head against a pillow. Not much, not much of it makes sense. But then we get to the twist, and I don't want to give it away for you, so go ahead and watch the video, you guys. But yeah, if you can watch that video on uh, YouTube or Vivo, man, it's a crazy video, man. But she's always, like I said, Lady Gaga has always... And I, and, and I don't really get into her music, but I'm more so into her fashion. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I love people that, that, that presses the, em- or push the envelope rather when it comes to fashion, man. I like, I like to see that, man. I, I try and press the envelope at times myself. You know what I mean? But, uh, Kanye West wants to personally help Taylor Swift get her masters back. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh boy. So Kanye West seems to be putting his longtime feud with Taylor Swift behind him. The rapper has been tweeting consistently over the last week, proclaiming that all artists must be free and referring to the music industry as modern day slavery. Now, West expressed that he wants to help Swift retrieve her Big Machine Records catalog, which was acquired by Scooter or Bronze Attica Holdings in June of 2019. I'm going to personally see that it... Excuse me. I am going to personally see to it that Taylor Swift gets her masters back. Scooter is a close family friend. West tweeted on Friday. We're going to move the entire music industry into the 21st century. He continued. So as I was saying about uh, Kanye West, man, like. And the reason why I don't take this guy 100 percent serious is because if you're running for office of any kind, uh, particularly the president. Then a lot of the other shit you're going to have to put on the back burner. You're going to have to put your music career on the back burner. You're going to have to put your fashion career on the back burner. You're, you know what I'm saying? You're going to have to do these type of things because running for office such as the potis, hey, you, you have to put your all in that. And one week it seems like he wants to run for president. Then there's another week where he seems like he wants to be a rapper. Then there's another week when it seems like he wants to be a reverend. Then there's another week when it seems like he wants to be a fashion designer. Then there's another week when he seems like he wants to be a cape crusader. Kanye, my G, make your mind up, bro. Get focused. Make your mind up and, and, and perform whatever task it is. That you're trying to perform, but you can't if you're if you're super serious about running for president, bro, you can't be. Uh, I mean, you can't you can't just have your hands and your, you know, what I'm saying every goddamn thing. You got to take something serious and run with it, man. Now, a lot of times it's, it's a lot of times his uh, bipolarism pops up when he just made an album. Now, I'm not going to say, you know, what I mean, I'll leave that to you guys. You know what I mean? But I'm just saying it pops up a lot of times when he's about to make an album or when he's made an album. And it could be to push sales or it could be, uh, you know, just pressure. The fact that, hey, this this album got to, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to, you know, whatever. Everybody wants their album to be number one and be platinum and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? But uh, on June 30th, 2019, Bronze Ithaca Holdings agreed to acquire Scott Borchetta's Big Machine Label Group in a blockbuster deal backed by the massive global investment firm, the uh, Carlisle Group. The deal topped at $300 million and also including Big Machine Music, the music publishing operation. At that time, Swift responded to the deal in a heartbreaking uh, Tumblr post claiming that she learned of the deal as it was announced to the world but according to a billboard source her team knew about the acquisition earlier that week when big machine held a uh, shareholders meeting to discuss the deal the folklore star also mentioned west directly in her note calling out this famous video which she called a revenge porn music video which uh strips my body naked now scooter has stripped me of my life's work that I wasn't given an opportunity to buy. She continued, essentially, my musical legacy is about to is uh, is about to lie in the hands of someone who tried to dismantle it. Swift has yet to respond to West tweet. So, you know, what I'm saying uh, personally, I don't I think she don't want his fucking help. To be honest with you, I think she wants no parts of Kanye. She doesn't like him. She can't stand him. You know what I mean? And I don't really see her taking this help. Now, you know, Scooter is a uh, close friend of Kanye. You know what I'm saying? So maybe, you know what I'm saying, Kanye could help. But 
you know what I'm saying? Sometimes when you got people that you just don't fucking like, the last thing you want is help from them. That's the last thing you want, yo. So it's this is a very interesting situation right here with Kanye West and Taylor Swift, and I am interested to see how this play out. So coming up, man, on the uh, second half of Sixth Sense, I'm going to get into more of coronavirus, the elections, some more entertainment and sports as well. Don't forget you're listening to your boy Blacker, and this is the Sixth Sense. So as I was saying, man, so now for the uh, NBA, we are in the uh, Eastern and Western conferences. In the East, the Miami Heat has a 2-0 lead over my Celtics. And on the West side of things, the Lakers have, the Lakers are up 1-0 against the Denver Nuggets. And uh, as I've said before, man, I give uh, much respect and everything to Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA. Uh, when this whole bubble situation jumped off, I wasn't on board. I didn't think the shit was going to work, to be honest with you man and then we fast forward you know what i'm saying a couple months later and no one has contracted the uh coronavirus but however you had a couple players from the houston rockets uh while they were in the first round playing against okc uh one of their uh guys by the name of daniel house jr decided to uh court the young lady who was uh giving the temperature checks in the bubble you know, so some way, somehow he started talking to her, got her to come up to his room. But Daniel House Jr. wasn't the only guy that was in the room. There are reports that Tyson Chandler, the city, the center that plays for Houston, who uh, doesn't get any playing time. He's he's an older guy. He's been in the league now for about 20 years. So he ride the bench a lot. He was in the room. And then there was a unnamed third person that was in that room. Now, what makes this story so fascinating, you guys, is that. Uh, Daniel House Jr. is married and once the NBA got whiff of what he had did because they had to follow protocol with him leaving the bubble or, or not leaving the bubble but having people in the room that wasn't supposed to be in there so he had to get quarantined and tested he could have you know so he was putting a lot of other lives in jeopardy so you know the NBA put him on blast about it and his wife found out about it yeah, Daniel House Jr.'s wife found out about it. So she went to Instagram and tweeted, uh, you know, uh, uh, karma's a bitch, basically. You know what I mean? What goes around comes around and all of that kind of shit. So that's how she found out, you know what I mean? Because in the second round of the playoffs, the players were allowed to bring, you know, a your, your spouse or a close significant other, you know what I'm saying, and the kids, you know what I mean? So I'm not even sure Daniel House Jr.'s wife was there during the second round, you know what I mean? But I know she definitely wasn't there during the first round because they couldn't have any contact with their loved ones during the first round. And uh, so... You know, this is just a crazy situation. More of it is going to come out. There are reports that there was arguing in the locker room after the game for a loss against the uh, L.A. Lakers last week. So, man, you know, the, the Houston Rockets, they've also fired their head coach, uh, Mike D'Antoni. And listen, when it comes to Mike D'Antoni and his style of offense, it's all about running gun. It's all about having the ball uh Having, having 14 seconds or less of possession time and he's uh he gives everybody on his team the green light to shoot threes well that shit 
played him right out of having a job, man. You know what I'm saying? So it's no telling who's the Rockets' next coach is going to be, but I can assure you they're going to acquire a center. I mean, you can't play in the NBA if you're tallest guy. Your team is not going to win if your tallest guy is six foot nine. It's just not going to work in the NBA, bro. You have to have some trees out there. They have got to be six foot ten. They have got to be seven foot something. But you can't have PJ Tucker. Or, or at six foot nine, or Jeff Green at six ten, playing center in the Western Conference, man, it's not gonna work. It's that simple. You guys know that, <laughs> and that's a real talk on that shit right there, man. I swear. So they have. Uh, there's going to be a a, a series coming out in all time during the election part of the year called Cracker, and it's going to be coming out on Amazon. Now, it is. Uh, it is a story. Basically, it's a role reversal. You're going to have white people as slaves and black people as masters, slave owners. You know what I mean? But it's still going to have a little twist in there. You know what I mean? So the new movie that they have out right now, there's something to that nature. It's called Antebellum, which... Uh, What's her name? Uh, Janelle Monet. And I haven't had a chance to see that yet. I'm going to try and check it out sometimes tonight. You know what I mean? But uh, it's good to see movies starting to resurface and come back now. You don't see a whole bunch of movies being advertised, but, you know, you know what I'm saying? We, 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 they're starting to come back, though, slowly but surely. You know what I mean? And uh, that's a good thing there, I would say. And so, you know, um. The uh, so if you guys remember or you've heard anything about the movie that's called Cutie that's been out on uh, Netflix and things like nature where they also have another uh, show that was out about young girls. I think it was called Cheer or something like that, where nevertheless, the uh, the producer of that show which happens to be a black guy, and I can't think of his name right now. But anyways, uh, the FBI ran up in his crib, basically, and come to find out that this guy had uh, pornography, kitty porn on his internet, and had all different types of charges when it came to kids. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and that's crazy, man, and he deserves to be locked under the fucking jail because, you know, now he didn't make the movie Cutie, but... To the fucks who made that movie Cutie they, The FBI needed to be investigating them as well man So a friend of mine by the name of Josh Stewart Had one on uh, Facebook And he was saying he was going to boycott Netflix Until you know those movies were taken down or whatever So you know me being a journalist And when I find out about things like this It's my job to investigate it and check it out So I'm checking out the movie Cutie And within the first 25-30 minutes of the show I'm like man okay Josh Stewart You just need something to complain about and the moment that thought ran across my head, that's when the shit hit the fan. Oh my God, man! I've never, I've never been so uneasy watching little kids dance. You know what I mean? Now, you know, you, there's certain dances that little kids can do. Like I like to see little kids do the Harlem Shake and the Dab and 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 the Dougie and all that. You know what I'm saying? I like to see them do that. You know what I mean? But when it comes to popping their little asses and, 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 and all of that gyrating and shit like that, man, that's not cool, man. And the kids in the movie called Cutie, these kids were like 10, 11, and 12-year-old little girls. You know what I'm saying? Little girls. And the camera, I mean, it was so many scenes below the waist. I'm like, are you guys fucking serious? And then, that, you know what I'm saying? It was one scene where the little girl, little 11-year-old girl, went in the bathroom, took her little pants down and snapped a picture of her little cuckoo. 
you know what I mean, and sent it, uploaded to some guys and shit like that, man. And I'm like, you know, now these type of things happen for real. And, and you know what I'm saying? So it's a double-edged sword because these type of things, you know what I'm saying, you, you want to educate the public, but at the same time, I feel like they're, uh, you know what I'm saying, it, it you should only go but so far. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, too, I don't 100% blame uh, the kids because they are kids. And I don't want I don't blame the kids at all. I, I blame the the owner of Netflix. I, I blame the people who produce and, and, and directed that movie. But more importantly, I blame the parents because the parents had to sign off on this shit. Those kids were too young to sign any type of documents themselves. So the parents... Had to at least read the script or they had to at least know to some degree what it is the kids were going to be doing in this movie. You know what I mean? And so, you know, I've been boycotting Netflix to take the movie down. Now, I'm not going to go as far as my man Josh Stewart and, and cancel my subscription. I'm not going to do that because everything on Netflix is not kitty porn. It's just, it's just a couple bad apples in there. I say we get the bad apples out and keep Netflix rolling. You know what I'm saying? So that's how I'm looking at it on that end, man. But yeah, we, we have to, as parents, we have to take control of our kids. You know what I mean? We have to understand that they're only going to do what we allow them to do. You know what I mean? And so if we sit back and watch all the young daughters and granddaughters gyrate at the age of two and three and 10 years old, well, you can't get mad if she got a baby in her belly at 16. You know what I mean? If you're going to allow them to look at Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion videos and perform all of these, you know, uh, visual, you know, sex acts on camera and all that kind of shit, man, then you have you, you can't be mad when your 16 year old daughter comes in the house pregnant. It's just that simple. You know what I mean? And last but not least, before I uh, finish this uh podcast here man my heart goes out to Ruth Ginsburg and her family uh, she died of uh, pancreatic uh, cancer complications from pan- pancreatic cancer and uh, she was a pioneer of her time man and she was a Supreme Court justice who was uh, pioneering as she was brash and she died Friday and the court said in a statement she was 87 years old uh, rejected after law school for Supreme Court clerkship uh, Supreme Court clerkship because she was a woman. She began her legal career as a law professor and pioneering advocate for women's legal rights. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, she, she was a real game changer, man. You know what I mean? And, uh, she was just one of those type of people. I don't, I didn't, I didn't really, really know a lot about her. I, I, I've always heard her name, but her name was recent. You know what I'm saying? Her name has been blown up recent. I say within the past two to three years. You know what I mean? And she's been banning out of the hospital. You know what I'm saying? Quite much this year. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry that she passed away, but I'm happy at the fact that it wasn't from COVID-19. Like, I'm so tired of hearing about deaths. On COVID-19, man. So, yeah, uh, Ruth Ginsburg, she was a pioneer. Uh, and one of the things, man, like I said, she was discriminated against, you know what I'm saying, because she was a woman. And the one thing before I go, I would like to educate people on when it comes to America, man. Like, black people, we're not the only ones that 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 certain, you know what I'm saying, system, systemic races in America, uh, the masses, the old white men or whatever. Black people, we're not the only ones that discriminate. White men has been discriminated 
discriminating against white women uh, since the beginning of time to some degree. You know what I mean? They made all the rules for a woman's body. I hate the fact that a man can tell a woman whether or not she should carry a child the whole nine months. Like, how? what gives you that right? What gives you that power? What gives you that right and power? So I'm going to miss women like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. You know what I mean? She was a pioneer, man. For real, she was all about Title IX. She was all about women progressing in this male-dominated uh, workforce and everything, man. So my heart goes out to the Ginsburg family. Uh, she was a legend. She would be dearly missed. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see who uh, is anointed that spot. You know what I mean? But hey, man, I want to thank y'all as always for listening to your boy B-L-A-K-K-A. Don't forget to wear your mask. Don't forget to practice your social distancing and six feet apart. And more importantly, people, don't forget to love one another. And on that note, guys, y'all be blessed weekend and I'll holler at you soon. Peace. Uh, Elber K. K. K.